and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing a moment, an event, a dream that you can bring the right people, the right place, the right artists together and define a generation. Oh my I'm, God. I'm talking about a festival that which, which one? became an era defining, uh, changing the way music festivals would be done forever hence. It's name legendary. That's right. I'm talking about Woodstock. Well, which year of Woodstock, Chris? 99. Oh, no. I don't think that's the right one. Oh, yes, it is. Today, we are going to be talking all about the legendary concert disaster that is Woodstock 99. But first, let's introduce our own guests. Uh, Introducing the first returning champions, both at one time, on the third mic, on loan from the Off Book Podcast, it's Jessica McKenna. Hi, Jess. Oh, hi. Oh, and, hi. <laughs> and introducing on the fourth mic for perhaps the first time ever. Have we ever had a fourth mic? First first fourth mic. Uh, on loan from the Ballin' Out Podcast, it's Joel Sininski. Hi, Joel. Hey, guys. What first ever fourth mic. Pod minds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is a real pod pod. This is a and double you, and pod, quad pod. You have to say where we're broadcasting. Yeah, well, what, bring, broadcasting what brings from. this real uh, uh, coalition of the potting uh, together is the place that we are all at, uh, live, on location. We are at a festival itself. We're at the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Is that the full name of it? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Full title, proper Music title. and arts? Yes. There's some the arts in there. there Can you a, believe it? Yeah, there is arts in there. Yeah, yeah there's some arts. Ooh, uh, baby, I come for the music, but I stay <laughs> for the arts. <laughs> uh, this is the third year. Oh, you guys have been here more than that, but this is yeah. the third year the four of us have all been together uh, at this space, uh, at this phenomenally well-run festival. We have been here before and uh, are together again, and because we have all over, even just the last year, become such great pod bros uh we thought it would be a shame not to cast on location we are currently casting from between like a a, a mazda and an infinity and two plastic tables yeah. that's right is My, this real like gorilla podcasting real this, is, like, this, this is legit this I, is cool i built a, a little makeshift studio here uh everywhere i go it's pod <laughs> it's uh it's like it's like 10 10 30 people have been up for Two and a half hours drinking. Yeah, everyone's yeah. had a few drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah getting yeah. going. <laughs> We're getting real loose here. We figured uh, before the sun really bared down on us and started to destroy our minds, uh, we should get this in. Um, <laughs> yep. So, guys, uh, what more appropriate location to talk about music festivals than a music festival? Yeah. And we were at a music festival that is run incredibly well. Yes. A well oiled like machine. Like a dream. Yeah. Everything, you know. There are lines, but they, they move fast. There's bathrooms. Sometimes they have toilet paper. Uh, we're about to talk about a festival that did not have these things, and it's going to be crazy. I was thinking last night, and often as I'm here, about how strong the social contract is of a place like this. We're sitting in a parking oh, yeah. lot where how many, how many cars are parked here? Thousands. Not, maybe not 100,000, but, but tens of thousands tens of cars. Thousands. With tents just popped up. Like If you wanted to rob this place, you could just... Pick like candy out of a, a candy jar, uh, just you, going around and, and absolutely. Stealing. You could just come away with thousands of tank tops and <laughs> yeah, 
and shawly fabrics that are hung up by clips and just like so many fallen soldiers of half drunk beers. Yeah, you can yeah. really clean up. Yeah. As you say that, this really would be an incredible place to rob people. Yeah. It's, I never thought about it, but if you were looking to rob, yeah. a ticket to Coachella would be a good down payment on all the stuff you the, could get. The yeah. return on investment would be, would be huge. Phenomenal. Just yeah. hundreds of USB speakers yeah. and little camping lanterns and all, all sorts Ooh. of shit. But you're right. It's it's every it's it doesn't feel like people do that here. Yeah, the um, calm demeanor, the general agreement of everybody to have a good time. I was reading about uh, Woodstock, the original Woodstock classic, uh, <laughs> Woodstock OG, in, yeah. in preparation for this. And uh, the guy who owned the farm, whose uh, name I'm going to forget uh, tragically, uh, Max Yeager or something, uh, whose dairy farm the original Woodstock was on, he was interviewed by the local. Uh, news at the time and and most people in the community were like fuck this hippie bullshit but his quote was like yeah it's amazing like you got all hundred thousand people here and everybody's just having a good time and agreeing to peace and music that's pretty wild i mean that's kind of what is great about a lot of concerts it's one of the only venues i can think of where you have massive quantities of strangers in one place and everyone basically gets along and is respectful to each other and just like is it's and has a good time. It's yeah. pretty because it's a shared it's a shared goal. We're all here. Unlike a sporting event, which is the only thing that draws the same numbers, you have adversaries. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is like we are all here for <laughs> yeah. a good time. I, I would like the Cardi B fans and the David Byrne fans to get in a rumble <laughs> uh, or like flip some cars over uh, Dave, after Davy B. Yeah, Davy B. B and Davy B. <laughs> I am going to start going Guys, to concerts. We just, we just blew some minds of some Walker buys. Yeah, some, some dudes. Some dudes were very into this. We're podcasting. <laughs> Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Love to pod. <laughs> and introducing. And introducing is the best podcast ever. Ooh, we'll wow. that. see, that's what I'm talking about. See, this, see this joy? Yeah. But as we discussed that, I do now want to start going to concerts of bands I don't like <laughs> and trying to cause chaos and adversity within the concert because that seems like a thing that uh, is missing. It would be great to do uh, to do versus concerts and, and really pit fans against each other. Just I'm, like two diametrically opposed acts yeah, yeah. that you have to just have well, completely different fan bases. Yeah, I mean, joy is only, we only realize our joy through struggle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Eminem fans and Insane Cloud and Palsy fans would be. That's true. A Those that's a huge overlap, though. Yeah. But, but they hate. Well, actually, no, they're cool. They started. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's a, a very asymmetrical beef because uh, ICP keeps uh, accusing Eminem of, of chomping their style. And Eminem, I don't believe it has ever thought one second about the insane cloud uh, no, they that's not the entirely true but oh. also i literally talked about eminem for two hours so with we'll you guys it. previously so i feel like we should okay let's get into the <laughs> thing that um that we usually do which is what what do you what are your previous conceptions about this this event all i know about woodstock 99 before i started really diving in was that it just did not go well uh i remember watching kurt loader broadcasting in front of out of control bonfires being like for MTV News, this is very bad. <laughs> Whoa, that's really great. That's a, I mean, not great, but that, that's a great vivid memory. I just remember like news snippets of like mud and chaos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I remember so little because it was ninety nine. It is Woodstock yeah, so, ninety nine. Well, there was a Woodstock ninety three. There right? was a ninety four. Four. Okay, which went better? Right, but, but they, still bad. But still not great. Yeah, yeah. I feel like ninety nine 
we were all at the age where any memory of the actual event is very kind of a hazy, vague recollection of, like you said, like dirt and something went wrong. So, and, but we were not old enough to really comprehend what was happening. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know what happened, actually. I just remember that oh it God. did not go well. Someone, um, uh, a friend of mine was just telling me that she was there with a group of friends. Oh, what? And she was like... It was the most insane thing. It's the most I've ever believed in, like, premonition or whatever. But I was, like, standing there having a great time. Uh, Limp Biscuit was about to come on. Mm -hmm. And I turned to my friends and I said, the vibe is about to change and we need to get out of here. <laughs> and they left. And then, like, so smart. yeah, and apparently, like, shit really hit the fan. <laughs> Just goes to show, always leave when Limp Biscuit comes <laughs> onto the stage. It's a life lesson. That's a, that's a good general rule. Yeah. Leave life. before Limp. Imagine having, like, a negative vibe so powerful, you change the aura of the air for 225,000 people. <laughs> that's Limp Biscuit. They that's had Limp a power. Biscuit. Yeah, they, I mean, it is powerful. That guy was wearing scary contacts. And oh, yeah. <laughs> West Borland. Uh, oh, yeah. The funny thing about West Borland uh, is that he's always wearing like uh, fright contacts and like full skeleton body paint. But then if you see a like behind the scenes studio uh, interview of him, he's I've seen some where he's wearing like a, a sky blue polo and cargo shorts. <laughs> he's dressed like a math teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's dressed like a math teacher. He's like, oh, it's time to go on stage. Time to put on my full skull costume. <laughs> you know, I've never really thought about it constructively, but Limp Biscuit is a great name for a band. It's it's a very uh, it's, com it's a very assonance. compelling name. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is compelling. Good assonance and it's and it's vivid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it conjures an image. It really does. Uh, let's so let's flesh out that image. So th this is literally like uh, I I just found a Spin magazine reported piece which came out in October and uh, October '99 and this happened in late July. So they really put the pieces together <laughs> uh, over the course of several months, sort of a. Uh, uh, Watergate-like, um, uh, but on, like honestly, most this of this is, the is just slow quotes burn from of music festivals. It's just quotes from this piece. Um, so Woodstock '99 is held from July 22nd to the 5th uh, at the Griffiths Air Force Base in upstate New York, a former Superfund site. Um, Ooh, good start already. Yeah, 225,000 people went. Uh, th so Ooh, the grounds. The surface of Woodstock 99's grounds was mostly concrete. Oof. During the daytime, it became superheated by the blazing sun. Any spaces not taken up by vending booths, trucks, beer gardens, etc. were deemed campsites. Imagine this. There's no campgrounds anywhere that isn't taken up by like a business or the stage or is, the, a is, is, is a campground crazy. yes oh my god every man that's for himself crazy uh, which is kind of like fire festival <laughs> uh, any any site on top of the superheated pollution dump is a place to camp <laughs> it was almost there were two stages everything ran concurrently so it was kind of like you know a or b and it was almost a mile between the stages there were two, uh, what wait yeah. everything ran concurrently yes. so there was no no, there was staggering. no staggering no staggering yep. wow that's crazy as tens of thousands of people streamed in it became increasingly difficult to stay oriented the only usable landmark inside the base was a 50 foot control tower <laughs> so you literally just didn't know where you were and already it was at a, a sea of people at a place like Coachella i'm sure any big festival it is hard to find people as is with tons of landmarks and tons of infrastructure and all designed to give people places where they can meet. Even then, it's very difficult. People get lost. People can't find yeah. each other. So the fact that it's a, ma you're doing drugs. a, a massive, yeah. a massive concrete parking lot with a single tower seems, yeah, <laughs> and, two, and two hundred thousand people seems a little this, dicey. The stakes are: if you trip, you are burned and scraped. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, the fest kicked off at noon on Friday with James Brown. Uh, and oh, my God. Dun, 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 Wait, dun, 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 James Brown? James Brown played Woodstock 99. At noon? At noon. <laughs> that seems oh like God. an insult to James. I guess because he's the number one, you, you're like, no, 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 you're the lead in. Yeah. 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 That's it a all huge off. insult. I think we were listening to the Woodstock 99 uh, playlist on Spotify uh, as we were driving in uh, yesterday. And I think one of the main themes of this is how wildly divergent the tones of some of these musical acts. This is the James Brown. It's not like a punk act named James James Brown. No, no, in 2018 at Coachella, someone would probably have a band named James Brown in all caps. Yeah, it'd be like an Icelandic DJ named James James Brown with like a Z at the end of the James. But this is is the proper James Brown. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, The heat was immediately oppressive. At least, uh, <laughs> just like the pull quote at the bottom of the festival, come to Woodstock '99. Immediately oppressive. Yeah. Um, at least a hundred kids dove into a shallow mud puddle near the row of porta sands closest to the east stage, largely unaware that they were slathering themselves in human waste. Oh, yes. oh my god! Good tone setting. Human I, shit features prominently. I do have to say a thing that I feel like no one really is un, is kind of underappreciated at Coachella and other well-run festivals is how well-run the shit is. Like, the, waste, how, like yes. the waste management is phenomenal for what they have to do here. It's yes. still, like, not it's still like not luxurious, but it is, like, they run it so it's well. dialed. And yep. people just, like, and you just sort of accept it, and you don't realize that, like, it's a lot to do. There's a with. massive shit infrastructure that goes on with, uh, oh, yeah. with concerts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then Jamiroquai took the stage at Jamiroquai, who's playing tonight. Yeah, who we will tonight. probably watch later tonight. Everything old is new again. Uh, they took the stage, and their lead singer was the first person to tell the crowd to start throwing shit. They did at him. <laughs> <laughs> so people are throwing shit at the performers at 3 p.m. on Friday. It's already, like, raucous. Very aggressive vibe so early in the day. Yeah. yeah. Promoters John Cher, Michael Lang, and Aussie Kilkenny promised a hired staff of 1,200 security guards, nicknamed the Peace Patrol. By Thursday or uh, Friday night, 100 guards had already quit. They were housed in <laughs> barracks with only cold water and worked 14-hour shifts. Oh, my God. My God. 225,000 attendees, 1,200 security guards. Wow. That also sounds like a reading from uh, the working conditions in a North Korean factory. Yeah. Um, the Peace Patrol had been instructed to ignore anything but on-site physical violence. <laughs> as, a su- as a security guard said... I love being instructed to ignore. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, the best jobs are ones where you're instructed to ignore. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Uh, as a security guard said, turn your head unless someone is hurting someone else. You're in a different world. No holds barred. Oh, my God. Wow. wow. Wait, so I have, a, it's a, I have a question. So what yeah. was like the... It, was there a certain sort of punk rock sort of energy to this festival, like thematically, where they were like, this is going to be like heavy and intense and deal. in your face kind of thing? It's just a slice of the music scene then. And 1999 in music is wild because it's like Sheryl Crow on one stage and Korn on the other stage. Yeah. And that's it's not programmed to be wide. That is what like the Billboard top. 100 was like yeah, music was this year. yeah music was interesting then it yeah. wasn't like it was only new metal and rap rock at this thing like jewel was there chemical brothers were there prodigy Ooh, right Pro- yeah i think prodigy ice cube J- i mean jamiroquai jamiroquai yeah so there was some stuff that wasn't like the raging rock fest but, but, but then like rage that's against what... the machine was also a headline. so so when they say you're in another world it's just like the woodstock world like the yeah. festival yeah. woods like trying yeah. to recreate like what it used even, to be i would even say that i i'm sure the guards at coachella get not not advised to ignore but they get a similar yeah. like hey 
we people it's not the rules are not as strict like yes you know pick your battles you gotta know what to prioritize yeah Yeah. dealing with some like dumb shit that doesn't matter and someone else is like killing someone else then that's you're not doing your job yeah i mean i don't i don't know how much the mandate was to recreate the woodstock vibe because it's pretty hard to swap a a pregnant joan Baez's midnight folk set with corn well, singing freak on, on a leash. That's a one to one. In her own way, in her own way, Joan Baez was a freak on a leash. She was the, cor- <laughs> she was the corn of her time. She was ahead of her time. Um, for all the shit slinging and spontaneous garbage hurling, the real action didn't get underway until corn took the stage at 9 p.m. <laughs> Said a medical volunteer, when corn came on, people were coming into the medical tent every three minutes on stretchers. Every single person in our tent was OD. Oh, God. Oh, my, oh my God. God. OD on what? Everything. They, they said one girl, like, could not be restrained and had to be duct taped to a stretcher and then tried to bite the EMTs. Oh, my God. I think people, God. it was, like, like speed, and speed, meth, and shit. meth, ecstasy, oh acid, everything. Yeah. Um, was just, corn the headliner? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, actually, they might have been the he- the rock headliner that night uh, or close uh, that to night, it. Yeah. Um, there was also just a content warning for sexual assault. Um, there was also, yeah, I can't believe I have to do this right <laughs> music festival podcast. Uh, there was blatant sexual assault witness in the pit at Corn. Um, the men were holding down women and violating them. People were getting their clothes ripped off. Everyone was getting groped. Like, yeah, it was not a good scene for women at this place. Wow. Yeah. Do you think it was the type of people who were drawn to go to this or do you think it was the total lack of coherent infrastructure that made people feel like they could do anything they wanted well i think a mosh pit has has just an immediately different vibe a mosh pit's violence yeah it has like a a violent overtone that does not to say that they, they that can't be done in a playful spirit but like you know, it's it's more aggressive than just like regular dancing. And I also think, you know, there's like that mob rule, mob mentality rule. Like, yep. and you know, it was you're going to see and- people as far as the eye can see with no other like you are in a a flesh pit of humanity <laughs> with and people no are acting nuts because the music is aggressive. People are feeling aggressive. They came to like get their fucking shit out. Yeah. Uh, and it it seems like there's a, no rem- yeah there's no repercussions for what you're doing and the, yeah and it, I I feel like the the concert culture was a little different then because we haven't been trained on like what these big festivals were I mean I guess like Lollapalooza exists at the time but you know you're you're coming off of a very angry and aggressive time in music for a lot of people mm-hmm. and that I think influenced the the tone of things it was a time in which being angry was like the over culture of what was happening in music at least for a certain type of person i do also think that like you're right like not we not everybody had like such immediate big concert festival knowledge and isn't it like sort of a similar thing when that water park opened do you remember this story and like there was a lazy river where women were just getting like completely violated it was like oh my god is this action park it was not in america it was like and I was like, and maybe this isn't true, but it, it seems like analogous where it was like the first time anyone in this country had seen a water park, they didn't have, have any understanding of how the rules would work. And so they just like thought in a lazy river, they could just be insane monsters. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is kind of what you were saying earlier, Chris. It is like, there is such a social contract at anything like this. Yeah. And if you're not, and if, you, if you're new to it and it's, they, and they don't have clear delineations and rules 
the social contract uh, falls apart. And the most people who are being the most extreme set the tone for everybody else. Was it Rousseau who talked about the social contract? I think it was, Joel. I think it was Rousseau. Who, I wonder uh, what he would think about it being discussed <laughs> about um, Woodstock I mean, 99. I bet, I bet any of those Enlightenment philosophers would be uh, interested in the social scene of, uh, of this. Because, like, yeah. I mean, giant, giant events have happened throughout human history, and we've had to deal with how they uh, go and sometimes they result in like a revolution <laughs> <laughs> like a revolution yeah well, um, weren't you saying molly that some of these crowds were as if the entirety of coachella was at yeah one show? there some like the east stage at some points was up to like 125,000 people i mean that's what it'll be like for beyonce tomorrow yeah. night <laughs> And you think I there'll be, think the like, violent mosh happen. pitting at Beyonce? No, instead, like, people will be, like, registering to vote and, like, lifting people up. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just registering <laughs> the vote in the middle of the show. You're like, I, I gotta, gotta register. This is too Parenthood. Yeah, this just, shit, like, yeah, this shit is too good. I have to vote. Has there rubs. ever been a cry pit at a show? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Lilith Fair, baby. I mean. I, Lilith Fair. I also want to go back and just mention. Just stand next to me at a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to go back and just mention one thing about mosh pits, which is that, yes, they can be violent, but I've, uh, some mosh pits have also, have also been some of the most supportive public environments I've you ever You like been. to mosh, right? I do. Lo- on occasion, I like to mosh. You uh, like to get in the pit and try to love someone. I do, uh, but only if it's consensual. But I, I remember once being in a uh, small small club show and a mosh pit starting very suddenly for a band that I was not expecting. And uh, immediately out of my uh, the corner of my eye, somebody crowd surfing in my head, my glasses falling off and going into the mosh pit. And me immediately like diving down to try to find them. And as I dove down, I actually couldn't get to the ground because everybody around me kept pulling me back up, being like, hey, man, stay up. It's cool. Uh, like, we were not letting me fall until eventually, like, I turned to somebody and was like, no, I need to go. My glasses fell in there. And him just looking me straight in the eyes and shaking his head and going, they're smashed, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Yeah, yeah no, I... I th- totally. I think, like, that there That was are- also on a date uh, that did not go well <laughs> after Aww. I could no longer see. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think they don't have to with? be bad. Like, yeah. there, I'm sure there is, like, some sweet humanity. I've only been in one, and it was on accident. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that Flogging Molly would have one. I was Ooh. I was 15. I'd never been to a small show before. I was like, I just got to get as close to Dave King as I possibly can. The music, well, they sing a, a beautiful acapella Danny Boy. And huh. then I was like, I'm good, I'm chill. And then they, like, kicked into, like, what's left of the flag, and I was immediately, like, swept up. <laughs> God. Maybe they would have been supportive, but my high school boyfriend, he, like, footballed me <laughs> and carried me out. So I didn't have time to realize how the crowd reacted. I also was accidentally in a mosh pit when I went to see Odd Future in Ooh, L.A. Like, what was the vibe there? Back when they were first started, like, like six or seven years ago. Uh, the vibe there was extremely young. I was, like, 24, and I felt like the oldest human alive at the place. <laughs> so and, uh, yeah, there was a lot of mosh, like, which I... is does not usually happen at rap shows, but Odd Future has a whole punk element to it. So that I also swept into a mosh pit unexpectedly and wanted to get out of it as fast as possible. But it was not, it sounds like this was much, much worse, this corn one. Give me more. I've also moshed to Flogging Molly, but voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah. I stood on the outskirts while that happened. Yeah. <laughs> we when went that, to a Flogging Molly show together in Chicago. Yeah. When that, when that fucking tin flute comes in, you're <laughs> like, get me beat up. Yes. Give it to me. <laughs> Beat me up, Tin Flute. <laughs> Beat me up, Tin Flute. 
Um, but I should say that there there were good vibes at the rave hangar. Uh, people people were enjoying themselves in the dance area. Moby played to 25,000 people. He said the vibe was terrific. Unfortunately, I didn't get laid. Uh, Moby didn't get laid at Woodstock. Moby seems like a sleazy guy. Yeah. I have to yeah. say, anytime you hear him talk, he seems like a, sle- like a sleaze. Yeah. Anytime, uh, I had to say it. Anytime that uh, he writes it. op-eds for the Wall Street Journal saying poor people only deserve certain kinds of food. Yeah, that's a little yeah. Yikes. Um, Saturday, the sewage conditions were even worse. <laughs> A few campers oh had unscrewed the nozzles from nearby water spigots, which were then contaminated with E. coli from all the <laughs> ambient shit. Uh, campers stricken <laughs> with E. coli poisoning shit. were faced with three options. Use a feces-splattered portisan, run for it and hope they made it to a medical tent in time, or squat down in the dirt. Many chose the latter. Oh. People are just shitting in on the concrete. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my God. It's like something wow. out of my worst nightmare. Yes. Uh, Kid Rock played at a, a quarter past one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, continuing your worst nightmare. <laughs> the, sh- the shit is flowing, and it's time for Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he suggested, so, you know, this vibe continues to be aggressive. He suggested instead of physically fighting with someone, if you have a confrontation to with them, get saying, in the pit and love someone. He, he says you should say, you want my balls in your mouth <laughs> to them? Hey, bro, bro, bro. What? You want my balls in your mouth? You want my balls Wait, in your mouth? Wait, you're right. This is immediately de-escalated. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention that. Just imagine two guys just chest to chest being like, put my balls in your mouth. Put my balls in your mouth. Put, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Dave Matthews Band w- had a chill <laughs> See, set. Wild, wild divergent. But yeah. also people were still getting, uh, you know, people who are crowd surfing are getting their clothes, women are getting their clothes ripped off during Dave Matthews Band set. During Dave Matthews Band D&D. set? Wow. Yeah. This place has gone wild. It's wild. It's already, yeah, it's lawless. Um, by Saturday night, only 175 security guards signed in for that night shift. Oh, my god. We're gosh. down to 175. Oh out of 1,200. Out of 1,200 and with a crowd. And another, like, 25,000 people showed up for Saturday night. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, which is, that means it's time for Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is truly, like, this is truly lawless. Yes. I mean, you're operating in a... In a area now where there is no rule of law. I yes. should also say that they built a like 10 foot plywood wall around <laughs> the whole premises in order to prevent gate crashing which happened a lot at Woodstock 94. So everyone is basically like walled into this pit Nightmare. of chaos. Yeah. You're basically uh, attending a Limp Bizkit concert in a failed state. <laughs> there, is, there is no rule of law. Uh, yeah, it's a failed, there is no authority. Failed yep. nation state. Yeah. I feel like if uh, like when we die, if we get all the secrets of the universe and they're like, here's the truth. Heaven and hell both exist on earth in tiny segments. You get to sample them both. This is for sure just a segment of hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, wow. That was very deep. Yeah. Thanks. That Hieronymus Bosch painting. <laughs> Can you believe it's it? the left yeah. side. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm still processing well, that one. I really shook, Joel. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm shook. shook. I'm processing that right now. Shook it. Uh, um,. The, yeah, so Limp Bizkit goes on. Uh, the, famously, their rendition of Break Stuff caused people to start breaking stuff, uh, each other. That song is items. an imperative. 
Um, you, you know, it is yeah. a command. I definitely consider most music to be commands to be taken literally <laughs> yes. as soon as I hear the lyrics. Break stuff. I will. Fred Thank Durst you. was... I, there's arguments about this, but it sounds like Fred Durst was an instigator of the crowd, telling people they're like, "No, not I don't. Fred Durst." <laughs> Wait, successful commercial director Fred Durst, <laughs> calm, sweet Fred Durst, um, George it, Michael fan Fred Durst. Wait, what? From uh, from Faith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I do want to say, well, uh, break stuff is a fucking banger. Uh, I, I we don't have music this time. I'll, I'll edit a little in, uh, but I was at a. The OCs concert, who I will see tomorrow, my precious OCs. Uh, and uh, it was at the last night of a, a semi-notable uh, Brooklyn DIY venue that just like every semi-notable Brooklyn DIY venues gets uh, closed down and taken over by condos and or Vice magazine. Or both. Or both. Uh, and Ooh, I want to live in a Vice condo. Vice life. <laughs> vice life. Vice living. Uh, and uh, right before the OCs went on, the last set last night, great venue, uh, the DJ just spent spinned nothing but new metal. Uh, which he obviously meant as a joke, but I got to tell you, a room full of millennials, break stuff came on, and there was sincere jamming going on. All right, so you have to edit in a portion of break stuff oh, yes. for the listener. Yes, yeah, please, because I want to listen to it right now, and I'm not even listening to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Just one of those days. <laughs> well, this is one of them days, yo. In the pit of Limp Bizkit, uh, as a boy whose shoulder had popped out of his socket, stumbled towards security, his fellow monsters yelled, Pussy! <laughs> wow. Horrifying. His arm just hanging at the side. Did Fred Durst yell pussy from yeah. the stage? <laughs> Got the whole crowd to scream pussy Chant. at a guy who dislocated his shoulder. Look at this injured loser. Um, parts of the plywood security wall uh, started to be pried off either as souvenirs or to fuel small fires. Oh um, my so gosh. fires are being small set. fires. Yeah, this is when the fire started. Is like Saturday, Saturday night, and that's when so the fire started. So this limp biscuit set was really it where, was it all, where it all where it all went bad. It sounds like your friend really caught the the she knew. Metallica headline. They played a subdued set because, as Lars <laughs> Lars Ulrich later said, we've been through the shit so long, we fucking know how to deal with these situations. If there's that kind of energy in the air, you go out, shut the fuck up, and play your music. You don't want to further ignite it. I love wow. how Metallica yeah. are like the voices. I like Wait, it. What a hero. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh, my heart is so deeply warmed by that. Me too. I love the comparison between Lars Ulrich and, uh, and Limp Bizkit. Fred, Fred yeah. Durst. He's uh, a ve- just a veteran of bad vibes. Also, the idea, how to chill them out. The idea a, of a, a subdued of Metallica set is very funny. Just wor- a workmanlike Metallica <laughs> set. A nice workmanlike. All business. Just dial back those screaming solos, just 10%. Um, Sunday morning, the promoters gave a press conference and said, I think the event has been a great success from a security <laughs> point of view. They are on another planet, basically. They did say you're in a different world. Yeah. yeah so they're exactly. doing their job. Oh, yeah. I should also say that um, 
so MTV is there to cover it live. Um, everyone starts attacking, fi- like physically attacking, like trying to throw stuff at the MTV staff. Protect they, they had to, they were like in a control tower that people were like shaking <laughs> and they had to leave and go to a different location and people were trying to follow them and physically harm That's MTV. so crazy. Also, just sidebar, you when you're running an event, to have to give an impromptu press conference during the course of the event is never a good sign. To yes. say it's going well. This is, yeah, to this is such a success. Yeah. Let's call a press conference. Yeah, to do a press conference just to say how good of a job everyone's doing <laughs> is not generally a good idea. It's like if you like call your mom when you're drunk and you're like, everything's great. I'm having a great time. Like I'm definitely not dying right now. <laughs> Breaking. Uh, things fine. Things are Breaking fine. Breaking news. Things fine. Um, they were losing security guards to such a degree that they called in local correctional correctional officers for last minute shift coverage. Also, God. people who were hired as like the lowest level have already been promoted to supervisor because they. So it's like twenty one year old kids, nineteen year old kids are ever, supervisors of security. Have they oh ever made gosh. a documentary about this? They've. I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot on film. I don't know if they've ever made a doc. But this wow. is a call to action. We don't want to do it. Someone do it. That would be an incredible. It sounds like an there's incredible documentary. Find those. Guys, you were 18-year-old security supervisors in the seventh circle of hell and interview them. There's a lot of footage uh, of this, so I think think it could be easily done. Also, you're walled in in a a violent place with poor facilities uh, guarded by corrections officers. This is a prison. Yeah. 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 Prison and music. Pretty good lineup for a prison. Yeah. Um, Ogden Corporation, the vendor in charge of sales, ran out of water by Sunday morning. They ran out of water. Oh uh, local vendors tried to sell water and food for less than the set prices, and uh, Ogden threatened to shut them down. <laughs> so water was $3 a bottle, which was like kind of egregious at the time. Pizzas were going for $12. Oh, this is all like standard Coachella prices. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, I mean, well, but 18 years, 19 yeah. years later, water's $2 water's at Coachella. $2 at Coachella, like, which is, which is the good because people need water. It's yeah. like, yeah. I, that's a good price. And they people didn't have good, the free water that they had was like miles e. from the stage. <laughs> and also poisoned with yeah. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you don't like it? They There's do have free water, water but free. unfortunately it's been mixed with shit. Yeah. So the vibe at this point is basically like attendees versus the infrastructure that has failed them and fleeced them for everything that they're worth. Again, failed state. Failed state. This is like this this is like a microcosm of a uh, a nation in in the precipice of revolution. More fires are burning <laughs> across the base through the late afternoon. It rains, which kind of, you know, re-energizes everyone, which is actually not a good thing. Um, <laughs> remaining security guards at this point, uh, Sunday night, were encouraged to turn their uniforms inside out for their own safety. Oh, oh my God. Wow. So the security was like the enemy at this point. Yeah. And, they, you know, there's nothing that they could do. There, like, there's, there's no way. Because there's like a few That's hundred wild. of them and still several hundred thousand. thousand. Uh, the Chili Peppers took the stage to headline <laughs> on Sunday night. Yep. My um, first Coachella was headlined by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I, uh, Morgan and I were having a hard time getting drunk, so we walked back to the One of the only times I've walked to the campsite and gone back in, and we just took pulls of our bag of wine, and I went back in and promptly fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sol- solid set from the I got, I got to see a, a Chili Peppers concert at some point. Me too. And it seemed them. good yeah. for a moment. Um, shortly afterwards, the fires began in earnest. <laughs> in earnest. In earnest. Dude, um, what we had before, those were just warm-up fires. Now we're ready. So here's something wild. Um, uh, someone stole a Mercedes and crashed it into a sound tower 80 feet from the stage. How? 
my gosh. Wow. Which is like, can you imagine that happening here? No. 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 Well, because uh, the, the cars are <laughs> marked off from the festival, you're yeah. not just parking anywhere and driving anywhere. You'd have to drive pretty pretty fast and furious to get anywhere close to the stage. <laughs> yeah. Feet from the stage? Um, so that car was flipped over but and But now that you said Great. fast and furious, I'm getting away from our call for a dock, and I'm going into this needs to be a movie starring The Rock where he's the head of security <gasps> against the world. Oh That's a great oh. idea. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I was thinking, children should make a movie, but I thought you could never uh, capture this. But if it's a huge Hollywood movie starring The Rock, you could capture The this. Rock would mm-hmm. never do a movie in which he needed to crack the skulls of just partygoers. Yeah. That's true. But They'd have to be like Nazi partygoers. Well, it could, be, it could be revisionist, and, you know, it could be a small band who was trying to ruin it for the mostly peaceful guests. Yeah, that's true. So the Peppers famously played uh, their Jimi Hendrix cover of Fire. Okay, let me stand to your fire. Um, they, Anthony Kiedis, when we talked about him uh, in his memoir, Scar Tissue, he says that he didn't realize what was going on. He didn't realize that by playing the song Fire, he could possibly be instigating more fire. Again, but all songs are commands. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a running theme this weekend, is that lyrics are ac- actionable yeah. commands. Yes. Yeah. Let me stand next to your fire. And where's he's, the he's fire? Saying, you make yeah, them. like I, me, Anthony Kiedis, I would like to stand next to a fire. Can you someone that please for me? give that to me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were so then they the peppers were done. There were rumors of a surprise last act, like the Rolling Stones or the Who, but uh, none materialized. Oh. Which can you imagine how it, this anxious, like antsy, violent crowd just being like, "Oh fuck, we don't get to see the Who." <laughs> <That sucks. laughs> um, many people headed to the campsites to go home. Um, security and medical personnel were, were told to abandon their posts, and state troopers rolled in on four-wheelers as the <laughs> festival walls were torn down and the chaos increased. Um, there were still 15,000 people dancing in the rave tent at 11 p.m., um, but meanwhile, vendor tents, tractor trailers, and porta sands were set ablaze. Jesus. Oh, my Everything God. It's just like the complete removal of any kind of control. Yeah. As people left. Oh my left. gosh. This people is broke into ATMs with their bare hands only ah! to find there was no money left in them. <laughs> Ripping open an ATM with your bare hands. Now those people were on meth. Yes. Yes. Or um what's the there's one what's the one that gives you super strength? Is it speed? Uh uh Angel Dust? Ooh, Maybe PCP, Angel PCP, Dust. PCP, PCP. PCP, that's the one. So I've heard. No, yeah. So um, I've never done PCP and ripped open a piece of metal with my bare hands, but I, I've heard that it's possible. Uh, there's always a first time, and uh, we've got a long weekend. Uh, yeah, I us. mean, maybe during the weekend tonight, I'll just pop some PCP. Yeah. Um, one concert goer said, we ran into these people who were having a glow stick war. They're throwing them at state troopers. One guy was like, follow us. We're going to go kill the cops with glow sticks. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Well. I feel like if you were a state trooper, you'd probably, I don't know if you'd feel fear or more just like. Stop. Stop. Like, yeah. stop. Don't. It definitely stop seems doing. like a fly on a bear's nose. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I do have a gun, yeah. by the way. Yeah, please, please stop. Kill the cops with glow sticks. Um, around 11 p.m. So at this point, many people have gone home. There's still like 40,000 to 50,000 people there. And they're estimating like 5,000 people are like really trying to cause the damage and just tear the whole campsite apart. The vanguard. So do you, okay. So do you think that the people who are trying to cause the damage are doing it because they're just have this raw animal savage energy or because they're pissed off at how much of a nightmare this whole thing has been? I think it's both. So now they want to cause damage because it's, it's, this does sort of like, we were talking about Rousseau earlier, but if I, to, if I could move the conversation over to Hobbes. Please. Yes. This, uh, 
this does make it seem like maybe a human's natural state is chaos and being and being like causing chaos and being dark and evil and that infrastructure and rules and laws keep people in check and if you abandon those it's lord of the flies too you just descend into total anarchy bleak baby which is not what i always really believed but now i'm starting I to think well, I'm, it's I, capitalism I'm getting, though i'm getting shook it's not just any structure i think it's like it's this blatant trying to make a profit from people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's a good reason and to also like, the idea hurt people or grope them in the mosh pit or anything like that. But and also the idea that if you've paid to go into something, you have, like, ownership yes. over it and have, like, a right to do whatever you want. But I also think to that, it's like a vicious cycle. It's that the r- rowdiness, at maybe the lowest term that you could use, of the crowd uh, intersects with the lack of control, which then you know further inc- uh, encourages yeah. more rowdiness. And then at a certain point, you're doing it because there's nothing stopping you, and that's just what the energy is. Right? Yeah, you're only going to act like you have ownership over a place if there's no existing ownership yeah. given to you. Like no one at Coachella or at any of these big festivals now is going to think, "Oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want here" because it actually is run like a real thing. Yeah. But if there's But no- I also do yeah. feel my tolerance lower for like I've paid I've paid a good amount of money, you will not rob me of this good time. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like in my regular life if like I have a a pushback from like someone of authority or a service person, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool." Like you have a hard job. Chill, chill, chill. At Coachella, if I experience, like, first of all, I think the staffing at Coachella is, like, amazing. Basically, almost everyone I encounter is, like, have a great time. Like, they want you. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, trying yeah. to enforce the bare minimum of The rules. people who are frisking us down and searching us for illegal substances last night are, like, hey, glad you're here. Go yeah, in. Have yeah, a good time. exactly. So, I think, like, another huge success in just, like, the type of person who is working this festival. But... If I got a stinker in the bunch, I imagine that my threshold is lower because I'm so excited to be here. I look forward to it. I pay money. Yeah, it's it's like the the biggest expense I make all year is Coachella. So it's like it's three days that I like wait for all year. The most money I put down for any single thing all year. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you really want so, if you, if it doesn't day doesn't work, it's it's really a to not, detriment. Not that I've had that ever happen, but I can imagine myself having a lowered threshold. Yeah. Now you double that with like. Now, there was already one in 94, but you have this heightened idea that you're supposed to be part of something seminal and incredible. Like, yeah. a, like literally a band that plays there is Rage Against the Machine. Right. Who rule? But, like, that is the vibe that is projected over But it. you're you're pairing that vibe with a tradition of Woodstock, which is, like, a good Coachella point. has, like, been going for many years and it has its own reputation, but it doesn't have a reputation for, like change I mean it has changed the culture but not in the way that like the original Woodstock yeah. did so yeah. I think like I would additionally be like I'm part of motherfucking history yeah. you're yeah. not gonna like tear down my experience I'm gonna tear your experience down yeah. cause this isn't pure <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I think the, that's totally and you're right cause the original Woodstock was very anti-authoritarian uh, authority yeah, peaceful very, way, but yeah. in a yeah. peaceful way but that's the whole so it, it is sort of like the, the ideals of the 60s being recalibrated in the very angry and fucked up late 90s where it just sort of it becomes this other thing and causes all this chaos. I just think that that's obviously organizational mishaps in addition but I think that's part of why this doesn't happen at Bonnaroo it happens at Woodstock. Yeah Yeah. that's a good point. Uh, Alternately I could very easily imagine in this festival right now if there was like one of the food venues it became apparent that there was a bunch of prepped food, like a bunch of already made pizzas and no staff there. 
Like, you could very easily imagine, like, a, a mob descending on that to just, like, steal pizzas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, right? Uh, like, if, I would steal pizza. Like, the... <laughs> The, the, the veneer of authority and control is there, and that's what makes everything go. But, like, any breakdown of that would would very quickly descend into Well, chaos. a thing I like about music festivals that makes them different than regular concerts, which I also like to go to, is it does feel like you're living outside of your own life. Yes. It feels yeah. like you're in another reality that your real life doesn't really come into play. It's like it's like you're on the moon for three days. So it's true. So the, the general kind of rules and like morality that you live with in your own life is compromised at a festival just by the nature of what it is. Like that's what is appealing about it is because it is an escape. It's not just music. It's an escape. It's from, a release. It's a release yeah. and it's an escape from your day to day life from rules um, in a way that uh, very few other things are yeah. in my experience. I mean, the thing that you pay for is to get engaged in this like communal uh, experience that yeah. is outside of, society in a little bit but here's the thing the the way coachella works and other successful music festivals work is that there are rules there are you know things are cordoned off things are organized but it's not in an oppressive way that makes you feel like you are being ruled yeah. as opposed to being on a concrete like tarmac pit surrounded by a plywood wall <laughs> yeah. shitting I mean, on the ground. and a bunch of people wearing shirts that say peace patrol a t- yeah a, <laughs> a, a, a teenager in a peace patrol like polo is saying like please don't and it's like it's as if you are treated like you are going you are treated like you're going to be doing something bad. And right. so it's yes. making people do Want the do bad, bad thing. Now. Yeah. Oh boy. Um okay, where are we? Uh around 11 p.m. the sound of yelling and chanting was everywhere. <laughs> uh, almost 200 in the dark in the distance. Almost 200 people formed a drumming circle banging on overturned garbage cans. Imagine a 200 person drumming circle. That's not small. No, that would be a massive sound. It would sound like war drums echoing through the night. Uh, the food v- vendors that hadn't been set on fire were looted, and, <laughs> and a food fight started. A uh, quote from a goer, concert goer, it was raining pretzels and bread. Well, that, now we're getting into some yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, music festival or German wedding? <laughs> 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 the, is that the German tradition? Is you yeah, throw, you pretzels, throw pretzels at, at the, bride, the bride, yeah. Congratulations. So interesting. It is interesting to think about both, like this current festival that we're at and all the modern festivals in Woodstock as kind of two examples of very rampant capitalism, like mm-hmm. you were saying. But it's really, I mean, one of the principal differences is this is capitalism done well. Yes. Or like run, run professionally, and that's capitalism run poorly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't really have a deeper point beyond yeah. that, but it's... Uh, but there you have it. But there you have it. I'm, uh, the original Woodstock yeah. was conceived as a money-making ven- venture for the uh, the people who organize it. Uh, and within five days before the start of it, they were like, oh, we can't make money on this. And like they basically had to open it up and make it free at the last minute only because there was no way to enforce the tickets that uh, the like entrances and the tickets that they had sold. Uh so they were like, we are fucked. But then it ended up that they had produced a cultural event of a generation and retained all the media rights to it. So they ended up making all the money oh, yeah. wow. off I, owning the idea of Woodstock. Right. I think I know what I was trying to say. It's, it's, they're both examples of rampant capitalism being used towards a purpose that feels not anti-capitalistic, but not where capitalism doesn't really play into it that overtly. Mm-hmm. Where like yep. a music festival, even a modern one like Coachella, it's clearly ton- clearly sponsored out, sponsored like crazy and tons of venues and tons of like restaurants doing pop-ups and stuff and all yeah, this yeah. shit is still like 
like I said, it's wild. It's an escape from your reality. It's people like really letting loose, really going crazy. It's not a traditional like you don't feel necessarily like you're playing into a traditional capitalistic structure. You're, you're paying to remove yourself from, from society. Ex- right. Exactly. And Woodstock, and this sounds like this is the same thing, except the structures don't even exist. So you just, like Jess was saying, you just push it further and further until yeah. you're setting bonfires and just like, Dro- ca- just and, and, loo- and, and looting and ripping, uh. and ripping ATMs apart with your bare hands. <laughs> now that's capitalism gone wrong. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so at this point, state troopers in riot gear <laughs> managed to clear most of the stage grounds by 3 a.m. and they basically just let the people who were rioting uh, tire themselves out and then <laughs> scooped everyone home. So, you know, by Sunday or Monday early morning, it was over. Um, there were only two deaths, uh, <gasps> but there were two deaths. <laughs> oh, my God. But you would think, honestly, it would be higher based yeah. on the behavior going on. Um, there was a 24-year-old who died of hypothermia, which I'm sure was somewhat drug-related. How? Uh, dr- drugs. Drugs. Uh, and then there was a veteran of the original Woodstock. He had had heart surgery 11 days before the festival, and his heart gave out in the heat. Oof. He died. He died like he lived. Oh Go- my going god. Going to Woodstock. Wow, that wow. is so sad and really weird. Sucks. Yeah. Um, in the end, 253 people went to area hospitals, but at least 4,500 to 5,000 people were treated for injuries on the premises. Once again, <sighs> just imagine that at a place like this. 5,000 injuries. Um, and one doctor uh, who was there actually estimated to be more like 8,000 to 10,000 being treated on site. Uh, only five rapes and sexual assaults were reported, but it sounds like they were Thousands. N- numerous. Yeah. Um, one, so one concert goer said, our generation ain't stupid. We get our money's worth and then we riot. So I think that's what that yeah, that's about. There it is. <laughs> that sums it up. That's the that's the late nineties for you. Um, and then another attendee said, <laughs> "That is that is the Bill Clinton nineties. <laughs> yeah, get, get your money's worth and, and then, then and riot. then riot. Then riot." Uh, another concert goer said, "Burning stuff isn't the nicest thing to be doing, but it was justified. They took advantage of us, and it was a thrill. I got to do anything I wanted to do and felt comfortable doing it." It was an amazing, incredible experience. Just to say that I saw all those bands and all those fires. <laughs> <laughs> all those bands and all those fires is the other pull quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, that could be the name of the, the movie with The Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those fires. A little long, but it's, yeah. Uh, uh, they basically went to the purge. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Musical um, purge. Um, wow. Guys, I have to speak honestly about my own festival needs, which is that I'm getting very hot really hot and need to pee desperately and also need to hydrate so should we call it there yeah well, i can also just disappear from this mic or we can just cut this out and return i mean i think that we're basically at the end of this yeah. and we've already uh, uh i mean we've, co- we've covered it. rousseau and hobbs so, so why I think not let the truth of a festival you- and my need to use its amazing infrastructure <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah influence the the, the contrast well uh, i can't wait to go have a, a normal time i love to have time, a normal one but um I'm not going to set anything on fire, personally. And I won't if you won't. And, I, good, I, and that's the social and I'm not going to make any promises, but I probably won't. Okay. Yeah. Unless the opportunity presents itself. If, yeah. someone, exactly. if someone sings break stuff, all bets are off. <sighs> I do love to break stuff. Well, this has been great. Here we are uh, live at the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Uh, 2018. 2018. Uh, we're about to go have a normal one. Uh, thank you guys so much for thank casting you. with us. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Yes. Um, as always, you can find us 
online at andintropod on Twitter or andintroducingpod at gmail.com. Our SoundCloud is soundcloud.com slash and-intro-pod. And we'll be back in another two weeks with another tale of music history writing. Uh, But until then, uh, I'm Chris Wade. I'm Molly O'Brien. This is Jess McKenna. And this is... Joel Sninsky. Wait, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no plugs. No. Jess just wants to plug that she needs to get out of the side. Yeah, right. Jess, Jess needs to get out of here. All right. <laughs> uh, see you next time on And Introducing. Introducing.